Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, pre-Australia edition. Now, the first burning thing on your mind right now is that there is no Tom Bellingham, the founder. He has disappeared, um, but he's away, and you know we can give him as much grief as we want. But we're just gonna we're just gonna do a good job. Myself and Katie, the WTF1 author, very orange today. Yeah, look at this. I've got my good day or good day. That sounds so British. Good, good day. day, good day, Aussie um, t-shirt on today. You are full of. Danny Rick hype for this week. Yeah, I've even got my Danny Rick mug with him doing a little shoey on it. So Available on the WTF1 yeah. store if you want to go yes. check out that or any other merch. Uh, I am not wearing WTF1 merch. I'm actually wearing a master's top to celebrate uh, the golf that's on this week. There you go. Bit of insight for those wondering if I like golf. Right. Okay. So let's talk about, firstly, we won a Best Motorsport Podcast Award at the Sports Podcast Awards, which I just wanted to let you know. I think we've already told you, but I wanted to tell you again because we love you very much. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and listening to our beautiful waffle uh, that we provide to you every single episode. Now, let's talk about the Australian Grand Prix, shall we, Katie? Let's, Let's dive straight in to what we expect to see in Melbourne. Now, the first thing, we did a video about it, but let's talk about the new track changes because a lot of you came in with some questions. Uh, the first one being at Nuanced Humor asks, do you think DRS Chicken will still play a part in the Grand Prix given there's only one detection point for every pair of DRS zones? So yeah, there is two, de- two detection points for four DRS zones this weekend. Four, the first time in its history, we have four DRS zones. Do I think... Or do we think DRS Chicken will still play a part? For me, I don't know. It's I don't think it'll be DRS Chicken <laughs> as such. No, I don't. I, I don't. Well, it's, it's a predict. Like literally, Formula One is always about what do we reckon? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but for me, I'm not sure DRS Chicken will play a part as much, just purely because there's so much DRS that is it even worth playing such a risky game when all you have to do if you do get past after those two DRS zones, is stay maybe together. So what is it? Turn six is the technically the first detection zone. Um, and then you've got the run all the way down to seven and eight, which is basically no corners. And then it's the fast left, right of nine and 10, which haven't been changed. You get DRS all the way there. If you get past, fine. You get another dose of DRS down towards turn 11. All you have to do is stay within a second for two corners maybe two corners and then you've got DRS again at the next detection point. So I'm not sure it's going to be as chickeny and also it's a very short lap. So I would, I would imagine, you know, you'll have Perez's and signs in the mix as well with all of this DRS. I see it more being maybe a DRS train than it being DRS chicken and, and, and stuff like that. I'm not fully convinced that it's going to evolve and change this Grand Prix into something unbelievable. Uh, but we've, it's, it's unprecedented. We've never seen it before. So we will find out on Sunday. We will. I think, um, especially, by the way, your term chickeny, that is a, a technical term, especially for you <laughs> listening in to the to the podcast. But yeah, I think there's a possibility of it. Obviously, DRS chicken isn't something new, but it's something that has been highlighted recently with, especially in Saudi Arabia um, and the DRS detection zone they have in there. But 
there's a possibility, but I don't personally think we're going to see it as much as we have seen previously, but we'll wait to see it in action. I personally, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I think four DRS zones are just a bit too farcical for me because although I know F1 fans are going to be like, oh my goodness, like we want to see overtaking, Katie, what are you on about? Like, this is just going to help encourage overtaking. Um, it gets to a point where I'm like, well, how much is too much help? Because would you rather see a load of overtakes? I mean, last time we were here in 2019, Mercedes put a report out and said that the 2019 Australian Grand Prix featured 10 passing moves. Seven of those came under DRS. So obviously it is beneficial and it's a good thing to have. And I don't think we should scrap DRS and all this yada, yada, yada. But do you want to see loads of overtaking or do you want to see like, a good selection of real quality overtakes that have really been earned, I guess. I'm not saying that, um, you know, it's going to be as easy as just like come past overtake and it will just be like that again and again and again. And the person that starts last could end up in first or whatever. Wait for that to be clipped. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's too many, but maybe I'm just a grouch. I have been up since three, so it could be that. (laughs) Yeah, you've pretty much done a working day already and it's only uh, 20 to 12 uh, in in the day. Uh, Tying in with uh, this whole DRS chat, Not2Me123Xbox asks, how effective will the four DRS zones be? I think they'll be very effective. The the key thing is whether or not the leader, for example, whoever it is, Charcler, um, (laughs) if if he can break a second, then all of a sudden the, the game has changed. You know, Verstappen or whoever's behind won't have those four DRS zones or four DRS usages to, to close up. And I think that was the, the thing we saw in Saudi Arabia where it looked like Leclerc had it in the bag, was absolutely fine, was able to stretch his advantage in the first sector. And it was sitting at around 1.2 to 1.1.5 seconds. And Verstappen could never get in that DRS zone. Then we had that VSC, I think it was. Verstappen then managed to get within that one second window. And all of a sudden, the, the whole race was changed. Verstappen had the extra... Uh, top speed, which, I mean, to be fair, he was fast in a straight line anyway, so it gave him even more of an advantage. And then it was simple pickings, really, for Max Verstappen once he worked out how to actually get past Charles Leclerc uh, after all these DRS chicken things and, and whatnot. Um, so that's going to be the key thing, is those first three laps at the start, can the leader extend that gap to a point where they won't have to defend from four DRS zones? It's it's going to be fascinating. I I said it in the video that we made as well that I'm I am happy they're trying something new, and if yeah. it is a complete disaster, we'll, we'll throw it in the bin. I think combining an extra DRS zone and also having all these track changes will make it hard to actually measure how well the track changes have done and how well the extra DRS. So you know, having one variable, you can be like, right, well we've we've done it. I say one, we've had the new cars as well. So there's always going to be loads of variables. But variables but the more variables you add it's very difficult to work out what's actually been uh the the positive factor here so i think they'll be effective for sure. effective for sure uh if, if you are within that one second but it's gonna be it's gonna be crucial uh to see what happens uh, in those first three laps as you said there are so many variables like verstappen's talked about how the tires play an impact with how much overtaking can be done obviously he said that it's better than previous years but once you push too hard on these tires they kind of just fall off the cliff a bit so it will be uh it'll be an interesting thing to see but um i'm just like you say happy they're trying something new and australia is no stranger to having new things trialed obviously we had the quali format shake up here in 2016 which still gives me 
cold sweats when I think about it because I really didn't like it. But <laughs> um, yeah, nice that they're they're trying things out. And I wonder if we'll see any other tracks this year that maybe get given an extra DRS section in it. Could be cool. Yeah, maybe they think, well, four was good. Let's have five for Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Outraged everyone have, on Twitter. Let's, let's do have, it again. <laughs> let's have DRS everywhere. I mean, we say that, but <laughs> we did used to have DRS everywhere in qualifying uh, back in the day. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but DRS was allowed uh, throughout qualifying. Uh, just, And I quite like that, to be fair, because it pushed some of the teams further and, and kind of pushing in certain areas i remember turkey for example when red bull were i think were the only team to be able to run with like drs opened through turn eight i think that was uh, forgive me if i'm wrong but i think that is correct uh, and things like that so I, I didn't mind it but uh yeah it, it'll be drs open for the entire race soon uh, if they keep going the way they are uh, joseph maynes asks would you like to see an increase in the frequency of track layout changes yes joseph yes i would i think that especially the ones that struggle for overtakes you know australia i saw a stat that we've had one on-track overtake in 30 years for the lead around melbourne now that kind of tells you a lot doesn't it really uh not only just about the track but about the cars and, and whatnot but uh you know we've seen on-track overtakes for the lead around other tracks so clearly there was something that needed to be changed uh, in albert park so yes i, I think Definitely, there should be this open-mindedness of making changes to the to, to more boring tracks. Uh, but the problem there is the track has to be willing to spend money to make that happen. It's not like Formula One, just chuck them a boatload, like your track's rubbish. Here you go, here's 10 <laughs> mil, go sort it out. It's, it's not quite like that. But I guess the thing for Australia is that they have to lift it up and put it back down every year anyway. Mm, so it's the national park. Exactly. So, so like I guess they, they have to spend a lot of money anyway, resurfacing and, and making it all beautiful like they did this year, that they they were kind of open to to, to making those changes because I think they've resurfaced, resurfaced it for the first time in God knows how many years. And that's, again, another struggle. Six years? Yeah. So that's another struggle for the, for the drivers this year is that it's going to be less grip. It's going to be more tyre wear. Uh, so... Yeah, there's lots of things to, to keep an eye on this weekend, but I, I certainly would love to see uh, more track layout changes. Um, you know, I know you can't change Monaco. You can't unless you knock down some buildings, just, but you can't. Charlotte Clerk's Monaco. home. Yeah, yeah. Let's knock that down, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, just crazy actually thinking that the last time that the circuit was resurfaced, I was a literal baby <laughs> having been born in 95 and it was done in 96 so that's crazy i was four um you were four okay old man right <laughs> wow <laughs> oh, sorry um but yeah i think it's it's a good thing for things like street circuits if there is that flexibility there to you know maybe change a corner here add a chicane there obviously for slightly older tracks that are more traditional we're still seeing changes being made spa's a perfect example although that's not necessarily done been done for the benefit of formula one they've done it so they can host motorcycle racing there again um but you know they've they've gone through changes to increase safety and things like that but um for this this has been more of a case of get rid of this corner and add this in and do that so i think it's good for certain tracks, but for example, Imola, I know that that track is narrow in parts. I, I know that the cars are probably a bit too big, a bit too boxy for them now, but that's one of the reasons why I love it because 
it's just so it punishes mistakes like last year I thought was a brilliant race there one of the most underrated on the 2021 calendar I feel like we had so many crazy races it kind of got forgotten about but that for me was probably in my top five races last year um and yeah if they turned around and suddenly said we're going to make Imola much wider I don't know if I'd be too happy about it so I feel like it's swings and roundabouts um and We'll see how it goes. I say all these phrases, by the way, and I never know if Squins they're actually real. Roundabouts. I don't uh, think that's is a real true. phrase. That is, no, that is a, that is a phrase. Uh, so don't worry. That is okay. That I, is I'm really panicky now because Tommy listened to one. I did a podcast the other day with Hannah, who's our <laughs> editorial uh, assistant, and she, I, I said, a fresh slate instead of a, a like a clean start on a fresh slate, slate, and I got it the wrong way around. So it's meant to be a clean slate clean slate and a fresh start but i just get them muddled all the time and now i'm really paranoid every time i have a saying i'm like i've got it wrong no swings and roundabouts was correct so uh yeah you're fine there don't worry um but but yeah it's uh it's, it's interesting you talk about imola we, we have spoken about this uh, a little bit before i think it was probably around the uh, the imola weekend but um uh, the thing was that that track is narrow and you throw a bit of rain in there and all of a sudden it's an incredible race because the faster cars can't necessarily get through on the slower cars because it's really difficult to overtake. But if you have a dry race, everybody's on the grid in their performance order, then you've got, you know, a stinker. So it is kind of throwing in a, a Bernie Ecclestone sprinkler idea yeah. and you're absolutely flying around uh, you know, tracks like Imola. So yeah, it's, it's incredible. And, and and that's the thing Like Imola, you know, again, has a lot of history, a lot of heritage. You don't want to change it too much that you lose that, that history. Um, and it's not that bad to have a few tracks on the calendar that have narrow characteristics that punish mistakes, as you say. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be a fan of changing a historical track like like Imola. Uh, moving on, I, I did actually mention about the new surface. Uh, so drivers were making a lot of mistakes. Uh, we saw Charles Leclerc went off tr- uh, twice into the gravel, and I was actually sat there watching, and I was like, "Oh come on, Charles, stop, stop doing Put it this. together." Because <laughs> I could just see that like there's going to be one too many, and then all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. in the wall. Yeah, but it, it does seem to be. Charles Leclerc's style in a lot of ways. It's not as bad well, just to as... go off the track. Well, no, no, but the thing, like you know, Bahrain, <laughs> for example, he was pushing blooming hard round there in practice and spun. He spun off at in uh, the, the last sector, uh, that mm. left hander after the the short straight. Um, but it does seem as though Charles Leclerc's style is to push just a little bit over the limit, make a mistake, and then realize, okay, fine that's that's the limit I my now. lesson um yeah. but yeah he does seem to make mistakes but as long as he doesn't make them in the sessions that properly count then i have no problem with it this podcast is sponsored by better help people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches teeth grinding and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress and let's not forget about doom scrolling sleeping too little sleeping too much undereating, and overeating Stress shows up in all kinds of ways, and in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. BetterHelp is customised online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. WTF1 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash WTF1. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash WTF1. 
As a small business owner, you are juggling a hundred balls in the air and don't have time to interview candidates who just aren't qualified for your role. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to tap into the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritise who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Hamilton went off into the gravel as well, which is pretty unheard of. You don't usually see Lewis going off and and making these kind of mistakes uh, all too often. Russell went off, Alonso spun. Uh, but then very shortly after went fastest at one point. Uh, so the Alpine looked, looked pretty good. good, to be fair. Um, but yeah, not only is there new surface, but there's also, uh, they've changed the camber of the corners too, uh, which is supposed to be positive camber, as they call it. So it's supposed to aid the drivers around the corners, but uh, it is still a little bit of a difference compared to to what we've seen in previous years around here. So it is cool that we've got, because obviously new surface, if you look at it from a, just a you know a generic Formula One fan, and me included, probably a few years ago. You think new surface? Oh, that's going to be grippy as hell. You know that's new set. But we've seen Turkey, for example, that new surface did not work at all, uh, and it takes time for the the oils to bed in and all this scientific stuff that it's not actually grippier than the old surface that would have looked a little bit dusty and rubbish. But they get up to speed a lot quicker. It's very true. Um, like you say, lots of mistakes being made, especially, well, not especially, but Leclerc, like you say, did make yeah, a on, few mistakes. And calm I... it down. Why do I just say especially Leclerc? There was loads of mistakes out there, lots of lock Because <laughs> we were talking about it. Could see the Magnuson panic in your eyes. Magnussen as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. Paul Magnussen, he like has had not the great a great day apparently he woke up not feeling very well he skipped the press conference um but he was in the car still not feeling great though at the end of the day uh but something that i thought of or was mentioned is that if magnuson couldn't race they haven't got their reserves there because giovanazzi is doing formula e in rome and fittipaldi isn't there so i don't know what happens if magnuson wakes up tomorrow i'm gonna get a call aren't i yeah, <laughs> it's it. happening, guys. It's, it's happening. exciting. Gunter um, definitely so... does not have my number, but I can I can make that happen. No, you make it happen. Unfortunately, yeah, not. do it. <laughs> um, but so that's when one to see how that goes. Obviously, I think I'm hoping Magnussen is fine and all good. His neck is also still really giving him aggro. Apparently, um, I don't know which driver it was, but one of the drivers went up to him and like poked him in the back of the neck. <laughs> To which he was like, ah, that really hurts. So I, I guess his neck is still really sensitive because he had all these Sorry, issues. Why, in, um... why does a driver go up to poke them in the neck <laughs> of, all, of all places? Just Because I think they knew he had, because last time in, in Saudi, he had all this yeah, tape around yeah. his neck. So maybe he was saying like, oh, my neck's really bad still. And they were like, you know, if you have a friend who's, I don't know, just had a jab or something like that yeah. and you punch them who, in who the arm. Who was it? Do we know? 
I don't, but I might be able to find out. But so just yeah. Nick the Hulkenberg just came into Australia yeah. and was like, <laughs> just smack, <laughs> smack him in the back of the neck. I want to drive. Um, so yeah, Paul Magnuson is going through the wars a bit. Um, but the track surface doesn't seem to be particularly slippy, although we've said we've seen a few people going off. Um, generally it's okay. And something that we will talk about a little bit later, which might add in a little bit of excitement, is probably have gone for some rather unusual tyler tire allocation this weekend let's talk about um, it now. let's do it let's talk about it you know, okay. let's, let's be fluid let's you know let's be versatile. wow uh, do it so yeah to, to the tires and i i don't remember the last time it was this where they've taken a step between but it's the c2 the c3 and the c5 so the c2 uh, is the is the hard tire the c3 is the medium and then the c5 is the soft so there's an extra step between the medium and the soft which uh I, I suppose will make for interesting qualifying. I know there was talk about a little bit about in practice how, you know, some of the cars maybe were struggling in the last sector because of pushing the, the the softs too hard with them being the softest compound. That's what it is. So it goes between C1 and C5 um, and C5 is the softest tire available to the Formula One uh, drivers. So um, yeah, it means high speed, a lot of stickiness at the beginning of their lap, but can Ooh. also mean it, it, it goes away uh, towards the end. So uh, that for me doesn't probably change a lot apart from qualifying because if mm. we have that basically confirms to me that we're not going to see anybody start on the soft tire because there's going to be no point because okay. it's going to go three laps and then be you know completely out the window. So I, I don't know. I, I think I feel like that might actually create less strategy options because there's okay. not that durability with the soft tire that, Maybe it'd stick on with 20 laps to go at the end, but it, with it being the C5, is there any point? That's what that's my feeling. It's, it's a valid, uh, valid point. It'll be the debut for the C5 compound with these new Pirelli tyres as well. So hopefully that means that there will be some sort of unknowns around it. Obviously, some of the cars have done testing with the tyres last year. Um, but yeah, we haven't seen them really do a proper race with these c5 tires did, and yeah it's a different a, they did some running didn't they in spain with and um, uh yeah some running in spain testing, but not like a proper yeah. race setting yeah yeah because yeah. um, we didn't get them in some, some mileage early. on it at least yeah but like having to battle and see how yeah. long they can last in a fight or something like that but yeah we had c2 c3 and c4 compounds in 2019 and that's what was selected for the 2020 race that obviously never happened uh but yeah i'm i'm interested to see how it all plays out i hope yeah that it's not just a case of them going okay we're going to give you the softest softest compound available and then just don't get used in the race and they're yeah, like would, mm, I, yeah we're gonna avoid that i don't personally see it unless it's literally like a safety car alonso on them in the start yeah alonso get him yeah maybe if there was sprint qualifying maybe we'd uh we'd see that um but yeah it just doesn't especially with now not having the Q2 tyre rule as well. It's not, they're not even going to be forced to, the top 10 aren't even going to be forced to use the soft tyres. So uh, yeah, I reckon it'll be a load of softs in qualifying and then we don't see them in the race. That's my, uh, that's my prediction. Uh, moving swiftly on to our next topic, which is about impeding. Uh, so of course, with the track changes, the, the, yeah, the circuit has become quicker. I think we saw a 20.4 was pole in 2019 from, from Hamilton. And we've gone into the 18s so far in practice and uh, should get quicker, I'd imagine, uh, when we get to qualifying, probably 17s, maybe 16s even. Um, 
but the, the big thing was there was a lot of blocking out there. And of course, with the new rules this year, they give out reprimands a lot quicker, don't they? But you're allowed a lot more reprimands before you actually get some sort of uh, penalty. I'm sure you with the rule book, Katie, can uh, give us all the clarification that you need. Uh, but just to speak about the some of the, the blocking that went on. So there was a reprimand for signs for blocking Joe. Signs got blocked by Stroll. Stroll blocked signs, apparently, and Hamilton. Hamilton and Stroll then impeded each other, which I, I, that <laughs> at the same corner at the same time. Yeah, so the I'm documentation like, may be a little bit confusing there, and I don't, I'm not I'm not sure how they can both block each other unless they're side by side through it. Exactly. Uh, Sonoda <laughs> blocked signs. Uh, so wh- what I've seen here is that signs was involved in a lot, and so was Stroll, uh, and that kind of links back to Tommy's point. Uh, from Saudi Arabia about Stroll not having any awareness at all because, of course, he doesn't have mirrors. Tommy was arguing, and I think we both agreed that Stroll did turn in on Albon as much as Albon did hit him. Stroll was just like, "Nah, fam, I'm going to just turn in. I've got a ghost car." Um, and and then him blocking all these people in Australia would suggest that he just doesn't have that awareness of. And maybe it's, you know we, we can't just blame Lance Stroll because we're not you know we're not there in his ear. Maybe the team aren't communicating with him enough or communicating him in, in, a, in a concise enough way uh, with this uh, fast racetrack uh, to get out of the way quick enough. But it, it is interesting that he is a culprit of this only two weeks after us talking about him not having any awareness. Yeah, well, what's crazy is FP2 happened, so 7 a.m. UK time, which was like four hours ago, five hours ago, and we've been waiting for updates this whole time. And I've been refreshing the decision document page. Nothing's coming up. I've just refreshed it now and the decisions are coming through. Ooh. So clearly the FIA is a burning. Um, so we have one. Um, so quickly before I go through the FP2 decisions, in FP1, the only decisions that were decided, decisions decided, was um, that there was a reprimand, reprimand, can you tell I've been up since three? (laughs) My brain is like, not today, babe. Um, So science was given a reprimand for um, impeding Joe, which he said was partly due to the fact that his radio volume wasn't working and he didn't hear his team say, you know, Joe's on a fast lap behind you, but he still got a reprimand. And to go into the point of reprimands, so yeah, you're allowed five in a season. And then if you get to five reprimands in the year, then you get a 10 place grid drop at the next event um and four of those have to be for driving related offenses so this would be impeding it could be a pit lane offense anything like that um science has two now out from the year but the first one that he got was for an unsafe release with alonso um and that was counted as a non-driving reprimand so just to give you a little bit of context uh, science was not driving at the time officer it was uh, yeah someone, <laughs> someone <teamful>. else <laughs> yeah um, so Carlos Sainz, yeah, got his, uh, this reprimand this morning and Stroll was given no further action. And now for the next set of, uh, things, Stroll's also been found of no further action of impeding Carlos Sainz, um, at turn 13. And it says due to the presence of multiple cars converging on the final corners, all of which impacted the situations, the stewards considered that car 18. So Stroll did not unnecessarily impede car 55 and take no further action. So if you did watch the coverage, it was quite a close call, to be honest, of um, Stroll kind of hiding or sitting on the apex and Carlos really having to go around him and almost tagging him. But yeah, the stewards have said no further action to that one. And let me refresh the page. And that's the only one so far. So this could be a breaking news. uh, Breaking news. Reprimands. 
It's a reprimand mm. podcast. That's what this is now. Um, but yes, of course, when this podcast goes out, it will be a few hours after we've actually uh, recorded it. So there may well be updates. Check uh, the website, guys. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll sharing all the FIA penalties. No, my WTF1 website. Don't send them to the FIA website. Yeah, actually, don't go to the FIA website. I'll be out of a job, hunt. Yeah, you're going to have your, how many penalty points do the drivers have? And there's going to be how many reprimands do the drivers have as well to release every single race weekend as well. Moving on, Mercedes. They still don't look great, do they? They didn't have brought any upgrades, according to what we've heard. So that's quite surprising i think we all expected some upgrades and of course they do this show and tell thing this these days don't they so it is you know it's not like they're hiding stuff they have to actually say what they've brought to each uh grand prix um they don't seem to be porpoising much uh when i've seen the onboards uh, from pre-practice uh but no the 11th and 13th i think they were in, in fp2 and you know I, I think i actually did yeah, no, I said one Merc doesn't make Q3, so I'm looking pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if that comes true. Um, but yeah, comparing that to Ferrari, who were quickest uh, with Charles Leclerc, just want to mention that, um, they were bouncing all over the shop, like porpoising McGee down towards turn nine and ten. And that is that is a technical term as well, same as chickeny. Uh, porpoising uh, McGee. Like, literally, the replays that we saw of like Charles Leclerc, well, both of them, bounce it like properly that's going to be so uncomfortable uh over the course of a 58 lap race or whatever it is uh that but but clearly ferrari are like well you know we're going to bounce around a bit but we're not going to lose the 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 performance there so for me it then kind of makes me think does the porpoising affect different teams cars differently in in a way like mercedes clearly want to fix this bouncing issue because the porpoising doesn't work for them, but Ferrari, like, yeah, man, I'm I'm on a bouncy castle and it's still quick. So it, it's an interesting uh, point to to look at. You're going to be miffed if you're at Mercedes and you look at Ferrari and they're bouncing around in their cars like little bobbleheads, and yet they're still so fast. You must be like, for God's sake! Um, but not if you're Valtteri Bottas. You're probably thinking, ha ha ha. Oh, uh, but yeah, ha- Hamilton. Um, you know, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Everyone's allowed to be a bit down in the dumps if your car's not very good especially if he's come off the back of having such you know a reliable and successful car but he's um he said you know you get into the car very optimistic and then you make changes and it doesn't be seeming to want to improve um and yeah just everything that you change in the car uh, nothing you change in the car is making a difference at the moment so he's not feeling too probably positive about it all but it's early days it really is like this Mercedes could suddenly have a light bulb moment. And after, I don't know, Miami or something like that, they could be the ones to beat again. So it's probably why Ferrari are like, okay, we've got to pick up every single point we can now at the start of the season, because yeah, like we've said, you know, Mercedes are such a, uh, a successful team, you know, in this, modern era of formula one that seeing them struggle like this is so uncharacteristic and which is why everybody's kind of thinking well it won't be long before they do find a cure to whatever this issue is and they're back at the front again so yeah at the moment i think they're just trying to lay low let the others take the limelight and they'll just settle in the back for a bit but i'm (laughs) sure that's exactly the thing yeah toto's like guys 
It's okay. You know, we'll, guys, we'll just chill yeah. for a little while. See if we fix something. Keep, keep our heads then, down. Yeah, uh, it is um, just George Russell luck, isn't it? Really, to uh, move from Williams to Mercedes, and Mercedes are no longer dominant. Uh, you know that is uh, unfortunate for George, but he's still got it's a Valtteri uh, Bottas a, master plan. <laughs> literally, is Bottas took all of the all of the blueprints to to Alfa Romeo, uh, but yeah, it's it is going to be interesting. Uh, uh, the feeling is, as soon as Mercedes fix their problems, whenever that will be they will be at towards the front. You know, they, they, I've, you know, I tweeted the other day that I still firmly believe that Mercedes will be the fastest team at some point this year. I think you're a fool to, to write them off. Uh, you know, there was people writing Mercedes off uh, into Silverstone. I think it was last year. Of course, I know there was an incident that That's went true. on there, which had a big point swing, but there were lots yeah. of, there were lots of writing off of Red Bull. And then there was writing off Mercedes and, you can't write off such a big operation as Mercedes who have won the last eight constructors titles and we're only in round three of 23. There is a lot of points still up for grabs. Uh, so yeah, just, we'll just hold fire on writing them off just yet. Uh, next up, Alonso, who I did mention was fastest at one point. Um, and Sonoda. Yeah. He was, he was what? I was going to say he was spinning around at one point. He was spinning around uh, and then set the fastest time. Yeah. Uh, and Sonoda. So Lons and Sonoda are on their final internal combustion engine and round three of three. <laughs> so they uh, have It's three, not great. <laughs> and they are using their third ones. It not necessarily means that the other two are in the bin, but it's concerning that they're already using the third fresh one. <laughs> in the third round. That's not probably what the teams were hoping to, to do. So clearly there are some problems. You know, we saw Sonoda last time out stop on the way to the grid, didn't he? Uh, so there's there's lots of problems uh, for, for both of those drivers, which could mean a lot of penalties over the next 20 races uh, after Australia. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's just, just Fernando's luck and Yuki's luck, isn't it? But yeah, it is it is a little bit of a red flag to have the already on their final fresh PU and we're in the third, like just about to start the third race of the season. So um, I know last year there were certainly conversations towards the end of the season, whether the cap should be lifted. Obviously if you do go over your three of your um, ice or whatever it might be, um, you can take more. You just get penalized for it as it goes on. Um, but, yeah, quite quite concerning, I'd say. And even Lando, it's not quite as bad as uh, Alonso and, and Yuki, but he's on his second PU. Um, so it's, I suppose, interesting if you look at it in the way that Renault or Alpine, if you want to refer to them as whichever way, they have had an issue. Yuki obviously has a Red Bull powertrains brackets Honda um power unit and he's having issues and then Lando's got the Mercedes in the back so it's not just like one uh power unit supply that's really having an issue uh it seems to be fairly evenly spread up and down the grid but yeah it's not great I'll be honest no it's not <laughs> so great we'll see what happens not great at all uh, my just, L plan you know- tattoo I'm hoping it's safe for now. Yeah, I think you're okay with uh, Fernando. Fernando doesn't look like he's going to win the championship this year, Katie, so you don't have to get a tattoo. We've said it's only race three, though. (laughs) True, anything can happen. L plan. (laughs) L plan, indeed. Uh, The L plan is also not working for Sebastian Vettel, uh, who has returned. Lovely to see him back. Uh, But he was under investigation. I'm assuming he's still under investigation. 
for taking a scooter on track uh, right after the session finished in FP1. So his car broke about 15, 10 minutes before the end of the session. And next thing you know, end of session hits. Sebastian Vettel's out there with his helmet perched on top of his head, uh, doing laps of the Melbourne track. Now, I don't know how to feel entertainment all day. That's what I pay my ticket money for. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of thing. You know, he's waving to the crowd. He's being a great sport. I can understand where the stewards are, where they have a rule book. And Seb has clearly broken it because (laughs) isn't there like a five minute window between the session ending and the actual track being able to be, you know, I guess accessed uh, by anybody. He was, he's allowed to go on it if there's a prior approval as well from like a marshal or whatever, but he didn't get that. He just, just got on a scooter. And Did he um, not? Do you think he'd speak to a marshal? Cause he's, he can't nah, have just found a bike. just joyride. Just, he's just, he's just. You think? A, no, no, I don't think so. Oh, uh, it'd, be quite funny, say, it'd be quite funny. Like some guys like, I'm sure I parked <laughs> it around my, here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, going into the distance over to the crowd but yeah it's as fun as it was um to see and it was quite amusing I was um covering the session and Tommy who um he was sort of around for the session as well and um I messaged him afterwards and I was like that's weird the FIA system is saying there's a yellow like double wave yellows being waved <laughs> I was like but the sessions ended five minutes ago like what's going on and then he was like yeah that doesn't sound right I think it's like a mistake or something and then sure enough like our TV cuts to Seb on his little moped and we both put in the <laughs> chat like Seb <laughs> oh, I'm, oh my god what the hell um, but yeah, there's no update on that. But I just love the fact that within the summons document, you've got, you know, the impeding, all this kind of stuff. And then summons, car five, unauthorized use of a scooter on the track. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> I love how he's car five as well. He didn't context. have his car either. That's, uh, that's yeah, amazing. I know. It's just so daft. So. Who knows what that will be, whether it will be another reprimand or whether the FIA will want to make an example of it. I mean, I don't know, but I at least the fans enjoyed it and he got back safely, which is the most important thing. Like he wasn't trying to do any kind of like popping a wheelie or, yeah, yeah, you know, like the hilarious. people, the rebel people that can like stand on the back of their bike and do like an aerobatic show or something. At least he was just tootling around. And I guess the problem loads. as well from a safety perspective is that he wasn't even wearing his helmet properly. So like he had no. his helmet just perched on top of his head. If he, if he was wearing his helmet, maybe there'd be a little bit more lenience, but it's just, it's just, just so dumb. I mean, I loved seeing it. It was brilliant. It was just different, but I can also understand from a safety perspective where the FIA have to step in. Uh, otherwise, you know, we'll see all kinds of, of silly things, but yeah, I, I'm sure he did get a permission from the marshal. Like, all right, mate, can I, uh, I don't know why Seb speaks like that, but all right, mate, you uh, you got that, that scooter? <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, and then he just gets on. But I think, I guess the approval has to come from race control and then he yeah, can Yeah, you the can have a and, and vehicle that, on the track. And that clearly was, wow. not, uh, was not allowed. Anyway, uh, Kit Gidspers, sorry if I just butchered that, okay. is Seb better, better off doing qualifying on the scooter or the AMR22? I would say the scooter, uh, more reliability at least. Um, because oh, that uh, Aston Martin did not finish that practice session. And then Seb, of course, didn't even get any running in FB2. Right, I'm going to say it right now. If Seb out-qualifies Lance Stroll after Lance Stroll getting out-qualified last time out um, by Nico Hulkenberg in Saudi Arabia, that is correct, right? That is that is what happened. I think Lance beat him in Saudi, but Hulkenberg beat him in Bahrain. Okay, maybe it was Bahrain. I think. Um, it's a lot of numbers to memorise. A lot of, lot of things. But if, if Seb out-qualifies Lance... 
it's big trouble. That's probably the, that that would be the worst thing for Lance if he gets out qualified by Seb because Seb has just come back to the sport. He hasn't done any races. He said he felt like he was late to school, didn't he? Coming back, yeah, to, like the new one. kid at school. Lance <laughs> has to out qualify Seb. So I'm glad my my <laughs> my prediction isn't. Uh, actually, no, I'm not glad because it should be. Uh, you know, because usually I'm like, oh, Stroll will out qualify Vel. That's mm. usually that was the running meme from from uh, was it last season or the season before? But last um, season, yeah. last season. Uh, so it has to come true for Lance's sake. It really does. Yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, like being serious. Obviously, the car would be quicker. But um, the well, technically not. It broke down. So like what's, a little what's faster than zero miles boost an hour? on the back the of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Um, but yeah, Stroll's really got to perform this weekend. Stop getting himself in the steward's office and instead get himself in the briefing room, making sure. Yeah. That's Sorry. like being on a driving test. Being sassy. Um, no, no, it's fine. You're allowed. Um, and yeah, I, I'm happy to see Seb back as I think everyone else is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's not been playing by the rules by getting on this moment. I think as well, I'm sure Seb got on that scooter, went onto the track. Like he is a four time world champion. He's yeah. been here for many years. He knew that probably was a little bit naughty. There's no oh, way. Oh, for hell sure. He's the GPDA not... director. Yeah, yeah, he... <laughs> like he, he must think, hmm, at least put your helmet on properly. Yeah, and then you could just say, oh, it wasn't me. It was someone else. But there you go, an imposter. <laughs> there you go. You can tell I was a troublemaker at school and I used to get yeah, out of things quite oh, easily. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> wasn't me. Uh, but, uh, love it. Love Seb. Um, right. We're going to remind you now of our Australian Grand Prix predictions. So I mentioned the other one. Uh, I mentioned the first one a little bit earlier. So I've said that oh, one wait, mo- the offence for Seb's come through. Oh, what is it? Oh, breaking news! Breaking he news. has been given a fine of five thousand euros. Oh, so Seb will check his bank account and be like, "Have you taken okay. it yet, or not?" All right. <laughs> Literally, is that it? That, but... that's, that is probably the most expensive Uber he'll ever take. But that is, yeah, he'll probably think it's worth it. To be fair, just having not to, yeah, walk just back to do a little parade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Literally, so I'm that lazy 5, 000... that I would take a five thousand pound fine. Yeah, five thousand uh, was it euros? Five thousand euros? Uh, yeah, fine, I yeah. So okay, cool. So that's uh, I wonder how far he actually travelled, and then we could work it out per meter how much he spent. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so our reminder of our Australian Grand Prix predictions: I went for one that doesn't make Q three and has no points. I think I could be in for a double here. I, I reckon. And a by the way, it was at least one Merc. If both Mercs don't make Q three, that still is a point. Don't don't try and weasel me out. No. Of this one. Yeah. Come on. You could say at least one. Mark, I'm pretty then. sure I said at least one in the actual prediction. Uh, I just wrote it down like that. So if you want to go back to the audio. I'm I will. Sure oh, I, I will. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Katie, yours. I went for Ferrari pole. Oh. That second <laughs> one doesn't Crazy good, prediction. And Magnuson top five and Quali. So we won't talk about that one. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully and then Tommy's not here to read his. No, Tommy isn't. So uh, he's gone for at least his. four DNFs. Uh, and Russell makes it 2-1 in Quali. Oh, that could both be uh, very true as well. Be, yeah. uh, Shady underscore Man United. Signs getting his first win. Signs does look pretty good, not going to lie. Not mm. far off uh, Charles Leclerc. He was fastest in FP1 as well, wasn't uh, Carlos? But that was after Leclerc went off into the gravel and didn't really get a representative lap time. But Signs looking good, definitely. Uh, AF 1555, new team on the podium for 2022. Maybe Alpine, who knows? Uh, and Roberts yeah, underscore okay. Epners, both McLarens out of the points. I think McLaren are looking a little bit better this weekend mm. they do look a little bit more competitive uh that they could i think they'll score points 
Uh, I think the McLaren. <laughs> Jinx that now. <laughs> yeah, I, I hand out jinxes just left, right, and centre. So, but they do look better. They don't look like the team from Bahrain that were absolutely horrendous. We'll see. Uh, but on the outer skirts of the points, maybe do you reckon? You, I mean, you're wearing a, a, a Ricardo. I know. Yeah. If they t-shirt. don't, then I can have to burn this. Okay. <laughs> Fair. All right. What? It was you expensive. Said it. I'm not doing that. You said it, not me. So <laughs> no. Katie will be burning her shirt. No, I won't. If, uh, if uh, they don't make the points. Right. There you go. Katie, final thoughts. I actually have one. I have one. I've been <gasps> waiting for that. So my final thoughts are with the marshal that fell over an FP2 in front of the whole world stage because I, I can't stop thinking about it. And it's so funny. Oh, my goodness. When so was this? There was a... Re- there was a re- I'm going to giggle thinking about it. I think I fast forwarded through the red flag. (laughs) There was a red flag for, I think it's a piece of Stroll's car. And um, they sent a marshal out and he's out there running and the cameras are all on him. And I don't know what it was, whether he was on, he slipped on the grass. Maybe it was a bit dewy or something happened. Maybe he saw himself on TV. But anyway, he was running and he was running at such an angle that his legs just buckled underneath him. And he like stacked it on the grass and all of the Aussie crowd went way. Uh, so, I, need to, I need to find this I clip. There so must, be, there must be a clip of it. I know Sky Sports tweeted it earlier. Oh, here we go. But like, I'm about to see it. I felt so bad for the poor guy because I would 100% oh, so have done that, the same He's got the helicopter thing. cam as well. And Ed, like all of the cameras. They're watching him. He's thinking, this is my moment. I am. This is my big moment. Yeah. I am an Olympic. <laughs> Oh, it's an incredible, like the angle as well. If you just see this I tiny, really just hope, <laughs> I really hope F1 find him and like give him a paddock pass or something. Because that guy, he needs to be bought a beer and he needs to be given a hug because he's going to be thinking about that for his whole entire life. the commentator life. said don't fall as well. Oh no, it was commentator's curse. So yeah, that's my final thought <laughs> is thoughts and prayers with the marshal that fell over. You're amazing. We love you. Oh, I just watched it again. That's unbelievable. It's amazing. Oh, I've wow. been giggling if about that since that, I saw go it this and morning. Watch it. It's on Twitter, just yeah. type in F1 Marshall. Brilliant stuff. Uh, yeah, shout out to the marshal. Uh, my final thoughts are looking forward to talking about the Charlotte Claire victory on Monday on the podcast. Uh, live for Team WTF1 members. Uh, so join Team WTF1 if you want want to watch us live on Monday, record the podcast. If not, uh, we will release it on the Tuesday as always. Of course, Internet Special Reactions returns on Sunday. The qualifying watch along, myself and Katie, will be here live at 6 right a.m. early. 6 a.m. UK time. Seven, sorry, 6 a.m. is the race. So here, seven. No, we're doing like, an hour pre-show. Uh, sorry, no. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. UK time, or just before. Uh, so please come and join us get your coffees get your your breakfasts and whatever you actually need to do and uh, join us uh, for that uh, we will be uh, setting that live uh, or scheduling it so you'll be able to see it uh, a little bit earlier than that but yeah so come and join us then looking forward to it should be an interesting qualifying ferrari look quick red bull a little bit struggling verstappen complaining about a few things we'll see it's going to be a very interesting one isn't it it is and thank you again for the podcast award because that is just mega and i can't believe that we, we actually won, won it. Yeah, we won, we're in a war-winning we've, podcast we've and something. I just literally blagged my way through this whole thing because I'm so tired. <laughs> I've, I've been blagging for five years, so don't worry about it. <laughs> nice. So, we can say that now we've got the award. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the award. Okay, cool. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion next time. We'll, of course, put stuff on social media as well if you want to ask questions for the next podcast that we do. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Five stars, thumbs up. Subscribe if you're new. All that good stuff. And we'll see you on... Tuesday, if not 
if you're not a Team WTFL member, it'll be Tuesday. But if you are a Team WTFL member, see you live on Monday. What a, what an outro. Katie's doing some waves. Goodbye. I'm doing some sort of dance. <laughs>